0: This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things So Rare. This week, I spoke with Cal Lewis about his quality over quantity approach. With a gallery of only 30 players, he's managed to win SO5 twice, uh, so he's got a few big hitters in there, albeit quite a small gallery um, for people who'd be competing in SO5. We also discussed the onboarding of 15 Turkish teams, so rare data zap. And we also talked a bit more strategy than usual um, and about individual players quite a lot. So I hope you enjoy that. pal back again i haven't spoke to you in i don't know it might have been about nine months um it's been a while last time we spoke it was kind of in the i don't know when another platform was burning to the ground we were uh, trying to calm the nations uh but yeah how's the last nine months been
1: yeah i mean when i um dragged myself out of the depths of the depression and the the shipwreck that was football index um Kind of got got into um, Sora a lot more, um, and I've just been enjoying that since. Really, um, had a bit more free time as well and uh, thinking time to research into other things, and so yeah, um, it's been good. Um, yeah, in terms of in terms of Sora, um, it's funny because we've actually just been talking about it and The re- one the, the trigger point for me for getting into Sora it, it was just before Football Index officially crashed and i pulled um, a little bit of money out, um, was Gary V. Um, Gary V going on and, and buying a... I think he bought... Did he buy a a Felix? Felix, and I think he mm-hmm. bought a few Mbappe as well. And yeah. when I saw that, that was kind of the trigger point, for I think, for a lot of people, but particularly for me. And so I stuck... I think I put about nine, ten grand in over the course of the next two or three weeks. Um
0: it's mad because, sorry, I'm buttoning in, but I don't know if it's just me and you that share that story. But like, you know, I was prominent at making content. I was really bullish in Football Index for so long. I started getting so down about it. Not like actually affect my mental health down, but like down about the product. Like I really wasn't enjoying talking about it every week. And I was, I'd just done like one or two sort of so rare videos in January. And I was starting to kind of think already, geez, maybe in three or four months I can transition here and pivot. And you know how like, how, what's the word? How, um, well. how how mad that community was in that if you had just done that you'd have been ridiculed by everyone forever so it was trying to walk that tightrope but me like you it was the Gary V purchase it was Valentine's Day I remember it Valentine's Day nine months ago Gary Vee bought the Felix or bought a few Mbappes or tweeted about it or did something and at that moment I literally went on the footstock and I think I sold a load of players I went on the football index so sold everything i really could justify i think i kept like the trends and all i couldn't stomach getting rid of them but sold the load and put an extra sort of three four grand five grand in the so rare on that news so like i wonder how many like, people actually were saved by that moment do you know because that yeah, money was yeah. down the drain for me that money w- would have been gone 100 percent.
1: yeah no definitely i had that that was that was the same for me um i had i think i had i got so fed up of football index that it kind of, a bit like you, that I was so just down about it all the time that I kind of wanted to just take some, uh, relieve that mental stress of it. So I withdrew about, i instance instant sold a load of players and withdrew about 30 grand. And then Bastard Boham came on and did his um, Q&A, QA announcement. I stuck another five grand back into football index. But the purpose of taking that money out was to diversify a bit so I put some into stocks uh, Put I think I bought like five grand worth of stocks that's like doing all right at the minute and then the rest of it uh, well I'd already been on Sora playing the rookie league for about six weeks something like that so I think I was just getting to the eighth mm-hmm. game where you then um, got banned from the rookie league or you used your expiry and, so, and that just coincided with Gary Vee like you say, buying his first Mbappe, and and that was it for me. I just then rushed into it. You could you could see the 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 market action as soon as that happened. It was just oh, going crazy because I mean, I like I say I'd been on sorry for six six weeks. I'd been monitoring prices like slowly going up and up and up, and av- avoiding the temptation to get properly involved. And uh, yeah, that, that was just the trigger point to go, right, okay, right, I'm going to go and buy. And I think the first player I bought, I think, was um a super rare Bernat. I see that. Well, I think it was about 230 quid
0: it's mad because I was looking so like, I was going to go in and tell everyone you've been the manager of the bunch of Cantes FC uh, <laughs> since the 21st of January. So you got in just before you were, as you said, you were playing for a few weeks, obviously. And then the Gary yeah. V thing happened and you went for it and you got some cracking deals. You really did. You got a uh, Bernat for like 290 euro. I'm seeing euro. You're probably seeing pound. Yeah. Leo Dubois, the big ones here that come I in, there's like those players, whatever they're grand, but I mean, Marquinhos for less than 600 quid. You got Kingsley Coman for God knows what price. Felix Lucas Hernandez there for seven hundred. I, um, I
1: actually got a cartoir as well, who we have now sold. I bought him for about. I bought Courtois for a grand, and then ah, sold like him for, for three and a half. Something. Like that. The
0: Pellegrini. These players all for in and around a grand. Super rare Pellegrini. Super rare Patrick Schick. Jan Oblak. Super rare Lucas Huradecki. Um. And I mean, like, there's so many great players there. You won the Pogba. I actually remember that moment. I remember you winning the Pogba yeah. five months ago. Yeah. It was a great win. And that that's something I love about your gallery Um, is that, and it's kind of what I put out in the wee promo post, it's that it's kind of, as you said, quality over quantity. It's quite condensed. um but you've got two rare wins. You've got two wins in SO5. I've got like two podiums. I've just came to the conclusion that I'm shit at SO5. <laughs> <laughs> just because you make content doesn't make you good at it. But because uh, I mean, I have a lot of great players. I should definitely have won more than I have. I mean, I've been winning consistently, but I'm not hitting those peaks. Um, and yeah. I need to maybe have a look at that. But um, I think it's, it's great to see that when you came in, you did something that a lot of people didn't do and you were very bullish on the, on the super rares. You came straight in as a D3 player. Yeah, Even D2? Yeah, and, and, I don't know, did you go to D2 or was it just D3? Um,
1: well, yeah, D, D2, well, yeah. My, my target was, essentially the thinking was when I thought, right, okay, well, I'm going to start playing this properly and put some cash in. Football. My experience on Football Index really helped because I kind of went back to the mindset of, well, if I was starting Football Index again from the start, what would I do? And so I went into the mindset of, right, okay, well, Target PSG, you know the target the big boys like PSG, Bayern, Neymar, Mbappe, all the popular players because ultimately when it when something's booming, a product like that's booming, that's where the demand comes. It comes at the top. Mm. We saw that a football index. And so that really helped me kind of, like you said, target those players because I knew the ones that had scored well in the Matrix without actually having played So, right, because they're obviously transferable. The good players in the score well, the players that dominate mm-hmm. the ball and have a lot of it. You Kimmiches, your Neymars. So and and then so that was the that was my one like main factor. The other the other thing that I did as well as I went on the prize pools um, to see kind of your percentage wise. Like this this isn't like pre me finding out about so rare data, and I just went on the prize pools and said okay, well to win a super rare prize. Um, the, the the best prize you can win a champion Europe prize is because obviously that's where the yeah. most expensive players are so if I want to consistently be winning champion Europe champion Europe players I need to be targeted in that division so that's why I said okay right just go for champion Europe I wish I'd have kind of gone under 23s as well at this point but mm. I just went and okay, get champion Europe and then I thought well if I can just win one or two super cards you know every couple of months the return on those cards especially if you hit a big player that that's an absolutely huge win So that kind of thought right you you want to target the, the big prizes basically and at that and my thinking was as well you kind of need to get as big an advantage as you kind of being in at an early stage because at that stage you still had less than 100 people entering division two so that was my thinking just try try and target that, and then you might get a big, you know, you might get a big win. And it happened.
0: It happened twice. Um, so you won Pogba the first time, did you?
1: Yeah so, yeah, so my first one was actually an international break. So it was during the Euros, mm-hmm. and that's why um, Big Patrick's uh, Schick was my... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...the icon. So it was the, it was the game week where... Um, Czech Republic were playing Scotland, um, and she scored the halfway line goal. and Remember it? Scored another one, so that set me on my way. And then I, th- I had a, another solid team as well. Like um Herideki was playing in the in the Ericsson game, which, was, which oh, is which is crazy in itself because I mean that game nearly got called off, and they ended up coming back and replaying it. And Herodek saved the penalty and kept a clean sheet against a very strong Denmark team. So, I mean. My luck was well and truly in. <laughs> Obviously yeah. not in Ericsson, but in terms of like the circumstances that happened, like he couldn't have really picked a better game week. And that's kind of my thinking. You just need to be patient and wait for one of those type, type of game weeks where it all goes right. Mm. You have solid players, and then you're just waiting for your differentials, like your skips and your your Herodekis. Every now and then, Leverkusen are going to batter a team. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, yeah so that, that got me Andre Blake and, and Pogba as well as... Andre. Andre
0: Blake's a bit of a ball ache, isn't it?
1: Well, to be honest, at the time, that was a good prize because he, he was going a grand plus. Yeah,
0: okay. I suppose I'm just thinking, like, when you see people getting first places these days, it's Mbappé's and it's Talons and it's Messies and it's, oh, yeah. you know... Well, so, well but, yeah, I've got, well,
1: got Andre Blake and Pogba together. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It so was the yeah, second yeah, so I, so I think, so I think I think Pogba was the, the main one. And then, yeah, Andre, Andre Blake. So it's two, two decent prizes. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Well, I, saw, I saw Blake a, a, a decent prize as well before.
0: Yeah. But um, when, I, when I look at your gallery as well, I see there's two players. There might be another one that I missed, but there's two players you've got two of. And I want to just ask you, go on, tell us why. So... They're both very different. One's turkey. You have two turkeys. Now you're obviously a big turkey fan, then. I have one. I have the old Mathis Cherky card. you would be quite jealous. I think your two are the more recent cards. But um yeah, you're a big believer in them.
1: Yeah, well, I mean it's it's a combination of things. It's uh, yes, I do believe in him and from seeing him and his performances, he's got he has got that kind of name R S skill when they're a kid, like that wonder kid's potential, definitely like even when he comes on like he's doing rainbow flicks and and all the rest of it now to take it from that like there's plenty of players that have, have had the flair when they're that age and then they, they can't kick on yeah. but in terms of like a, a, a worthwhile gamble someone like a betting on Cherky could like he could easily be 10x in your money if he does go on and become or fulfil his potential basically yeah. the other one is just a hype he's a hype train He's a non-hype trainer. So even if he doesn't, you've still got a bit of additional scope compared to a lot of players because a lot of of guys like us think the same thing. Because I think you've got to – it's that that, that whole formula. Even if you don't truly believe that it's going to go on, you're going to kick yourself if you're not involved. And you don't at least have one of them.
0: And you'll and if I'm players like that, and it's something that maybe isn't stated enough, there's almost added value built in because of the out. Next time he scores a goal or two goals, or gets a golden assist in a game or does something in a Champions League or Europa League or whatever, next time he does something that's of note, it's kinda like Fatty, it's kinda like yeah. um doku. Um, do you know, Wurtz is probably the most consistent of what I'd say that generation of wonder kids. He's the most consistent performer at the minute out of them, I'd say. Um, But it's it can an extra out when you have one of these hype players because all they need is one goal and the price goes through the roof and you 100%. can get out. If you want
1: out, you're out, Jamil. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, the prime example of that is when he got his first starting ages the other night. He had a crap first half and then he got an assist in the second half. I'd not even had enlisted, and I had people. I had three DMs asking me, you know, offering me prices for Cherkin. I had a fairly decent offer as well. Like, Mm. I think someone was offering me Curtis Jones and 0.3 ETH, something like that, which I thought was, you know, it's fairly decent. So, um, but yeah, that's a prime example of that.
0: Your other one isn't quite in the same bucket, it's burned Leno, and it's someone I was on about getting rid of for a long time. Just um just sick to death of him. Uh just being there, really. But I know that it's one of those that he's destined to go off somewhere and become a number one probably next summer, hopefully in January. Um, but probably next summer. Is that you've bought two of them in sort of not re, recent weeks? Is it when was the first one two months ago and you bought another one about nineteen days ago to be specific? Yeah. Is that yeah. just a sort of long term play where you're just waiting like it's going to turn around? He's going to be a first team player and that's when you'll cash in.
1: Yeah, yeah. For, for me, that's it's an easy one. It's just a certain certain way, and it's it's almost as it's, it's better than having ETH in my um, in my bank account or my wallet because. For Me, it's an easy 2x. Like, he goes, yeah. so if he goes somewhere average, you're probably at least 2x in your money, probably 3x in it. And if he goes somewhere like, I don't know, yeah. a, a, a top half Bundesliga, like a Wolfsburg, or something like that, or even like a decent French team, um, potentially into Milan. I know they're, they're kind of Scott, um, Onana, so on, uh, so, so on up, but anything can happen with him with Barcelona sniffing around and other teams sniffing around as well. So I just think he's a no-brainer, really. So I'm just happy to um, hold him. And I think if I did get bored of him, I could probably ship him off close to the price that I've, I've bought him as well. So I'd say he's a fairly low-risk low risk player. Because um, even if he goes to like a Turkish league team, like Fenerbahce you now... Um,
0: they they're joining now, so... Yeah, no, i seen that they joined today, didn't they? Was that a renewal? Um, I'm not sure. I think i seen today in the Discord, The re... Let me see. Yeah, is it a relaunch or a launch? No, they had Fenerbahce last season. Anyway, bottom line is, loads of Turkish teams came, we, we'll get on to that. But on the Burned one. I think it's one of those where, you know, people always come and they ask me, John, you just so rare, what do I do? And it's like... Every, I just always, you always base that question on kind of playing SO5 for the entertainment, for the yields, for the whatever else, for the growth, for the long-term, I don't know, just like, what are you doing if you're not doing that? But there's a lot to be said for people who just come in and purely injury trade or suspensions or whatever else. Like, Onanas looks to be sniffing around again, coming back into sort of, I don't know when he would be taking past fierce but past fierce played amazing, but he played internationally there uh, during the break. Um, that's just one example that came to my mind. I'm looking there. Remember how hyped Seku Corda was? I noticed one of his super rares is for sale on the um on the new auctions. And I'm thinking, remember how hyped K- Koida was at Salzburg? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what happened. I think there was a doping ban and then probably an injury. And I mean, there's a lot that's happened. Maybe he's not as hyped now. But there's loads of these players that like long-term injuries or like Zaniolo. Remember he was out for so long. Um, a lot of us have had our hearts broke by him. But it's just such an if you've patience. It's such a like surefire win. Now it's not a surefire win if the platform goes to shit in the meantime. Yeah. But if you it was, believe, it. so rare will go from strength yeah. to strength in the meantime. I mean, it's it's a no brainer. You can take three yeah. extra money consistently. I think, I think, I think
1: for me, it, it's weighing up the opportunity cost as well because you, yeah. you then hold you're holding a player that you can't compete with because um, ultimately that's. That's the only reason you'd buy cards or over, over ETH. If you if you publish about ETH long term Ethereum, then there's no point in buying a card. So you kind of have to you're I'm constantly weighing up, well, if I'm buying this player, he needs to offer me that utility to allow me to compete and win more ETH to justify holding it over just holding Ethereum or um yeah, or putting it into a, a long term injury hold. So it's it's constantly weighing that up. But I think, yeah, players like him, I mean, and as a the perfect example, he's one of my biggest regrets. Like, he was, he could get him for so cheap when it was, um, when it was like, well, even like two, three months ago. His, his Ajax Champions card, I think, went for about 0.3 or 0.35 Ethereum, which is just crazy. Mm. Like, 600 quid, and now you now you struggle to get him for, under three
0: grand, we've had our fair share of bargains, Cal. Uh, we need to leave That's some good. out there. Do you know, we, we were er, in in air quotes early adopters, but um the. Just, I think it's kind of pertinent to what you're saying there. The I actually had a bit of a. I think he was kind of trolling me. Um, just before we started recording, I posted a. Okay, it's a bit of a flex. It's a bit of a dickhead kind of thing, but it's the old like it looks pretty, doesn't it? Whatever. And it's like I bought um a card for one thousand euros ish, sold it for three thousand euros. There was nine months there. Um, but on the right hand side of the picture, it's it. Well, I bought them for point seven seventy and po- sold them for point seven four eighth. So, of course, someone comes in and says, like, ah, if you'd done nothing and just held ETH, you'd have made more. Wow, do you know? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, okay, but I actually, I got a wee bit snotty. Like, I was like, this guy doesn't have a clue. So I said, like, the whole, not going to make it, you know, the old thing, (laughs) GMI. This shows someone who doesn't understand utility and yield. This card will mean much more than sitting static on ETH would have. I also didn't have to shit myself through an ETH dip. Oh, and the entertainment value, nine months of entertainment. And I went and looked. So Noah Lang, that, it was Noah Lang I sold. Why? I don't really know. Can I get itchy feet? He hasn't scored a goal in like a million years. I'm afraid he's going to get a transfer to a team that he doesn't perform yeah. as well. Not that he's performing great. And I would rather take the money of Noah Lang and put it into a proven champion player already. So that's kind of where my head's at. I'm, I feel I've been very static on my gallery for a long time and I'm looking to restructure, but that's for another yeah. day. Yeah. The cards that he's won me, it's actually way less than I expected when you look at Noah Lang as a player and how he's kind of his reputation on So Rare. Um, and it's not even, I don't even think I've used him that badly. I've been putting him in very strong under 23 lineups, but he's won me a Raskin, Nicholas Raskin, based on the values. Do we use the values then or now? Bottom line is, he's contributed to winning me 0.7 eighth, Um And of those cards, I've kept. One of them, Boss Gagley, who's went on to win me a lot more than that. And it's kind of that whole, it's the opportunity cost, as you say, it's like about the ether, do you put the money into players? But then I think the big thing that can't be understated there, and I say this all the time because I genuinely believe it, is the entertainment value. Like how much entertainment and how much of our lives does this take up, rightly or wrongly, it's it makes watching football games when you get in on a Tuesday evening after work and there's some dodgy Serie A game on. You might tune in because you've Arthur Fiate, and you'll be watching it and you'll be glued to the screen looking for every pass or you're shitting yourself and he makes an error and that's what the game is. Um, and, yeah. you know, getting on the some sort of stream for watching Bruges and seeing Noah Lang on a, on a whatever Sunday evening. And that's what it's about. So that, that entertainment is something that I think is so often overlooked and it does my titties in. Cause it really is like you'd pay to go bowling. You'd pay to go to the cinema. I genuinely, the entertainment I get out of so rare, it's like, okay, yes, I'm here. I want to make money. I'm not saying I want to pay for a service to give me entertainment. It wouldn't be as entertaining no, if you couldn't what? win money, but you get the point, you get the sentiment. It's just that the tweet that that guy sent, it was just like, just doesn't get it 100% doesn't get it um but yeah rant over rant over on that i think
1: no no i get that as well you're absolutely right in terms of the utility and enjoyment factor as well it's an interesting point though because it i've noticed that you tend to value your cards or like rate your performance on euros as opposed to the f valuation um Mm. Because like, for me, what I, what I try and do is I try and just work purely in in, in ETH value. Yeah. Because ultimately, I'm bullish about ETH long term. So I know that, well, when I'm talking about opportunity costs, I almost need to make sure that the um, ETH value that I'm getting is just as good as the well. It's just as good as what I bought them for. So, when if I come to sell, if I bought a play for 0.5 ETH and I, and I sell them for 0.45 ETH, I'm ultimately disappointed because whilst the value's gone up uh, in, in pounds, then I've lost money in ETH. So, it's kind of an for me you need to gauge it. It's just to say, well, if you can keep in line with the ETH value, then you're doing very well. You
0: see, I think it's a weird one because in my head, it works in a million different ways. Like where sometimes I'm thinking an ETH. Like if I bought a card now to try and flip it in three weeks, which I don't really do, I'd be thinking an ETH. But because I bought that card like nine months ago, yeah, I'm looking at it like... Even though, yes, okay, I could have had the ETH sit there and the ETH would have went up, but I never would have had that much. I honestly, I have a bit of money sitting in a bank account now and it is burning a hole. It is all I think about every day. How can I spend this money? It's just how I'm wired and it's wrong. There's not a mission that would ever have happened. There's not a mission. It would be sitting in my front garden in car form if that had been the case. It just would not yeah. have happened. Um, But what am I saying here? I'm saying that I think in the longer term, when I looked at that, trading for example that was like i lost like not point not three ETH, but i gained like two grand or something i kind of looked at that in terms of euros like fate and i think recently because i, I made a withdrawal i was kind of thinking of ETH in terms of fate i was thinking like okay well this actually is pound notes going into my bank account to go towards a car loan that i have had actually yeah. so I was kind of my head is in the last few weeks i've kind of been thinking very much in terms of like pound notes and fate But it is weird because when I'm negotiating with someone, I'll be talking in ETH. I'm just—I think I'm just a degenerate weirdo when I use whatever suits me. No,
1: no, no, get that. No, you're absolutely right, and you do kind of flip, and you can use it to your advantage as well in negotiations. Because if I'm if I'm negotiating uh, negotiating with you, who's thinking in euros, and I'm thinking if you're thinking in fiat, and I'm thinking ETH, then I've got a bit of an advantage there because. Well, depending on which which, way, on which way it goes, you know, which way it's going. Um But for for example, um I just sold Rodrigo uh, the other day, so I, I, I bought. I don't even know what I bought Rodrigo for in pounds, but I think I bought it for about one point six eight. So then my goal was to wait until. Well, I went on the latest like card sold on. Um, Is that a
0: super rare? No, no.
1: One point six eight. No, no, point, sorry, point 0.168. Dear eight.
0: Lord, thank you. Point, th- point point 0.168, sorry. sorry. Like <laughs> 1.68, I was like, how much ETH did you lose, Kyle? <laughs> no, no <laughs> point,
1: point 0.168, yeah. And so then I was trying to get it up to about point, he went for about point 0.3. So I was thinking, yeah, I, I'll be happy with that. So I went for, I think I put him up for point 0.3 and his latest one, someone bought him a fortune for point. 271 so that's, and i ended up selling him top point two eight. Mm. Uh, I, was, I was more than happy with that and so i just try and measure all my players in need because ultimately if, if if that keeps going up then you're almost getting twice the win then
0: i kind of flip a lot between them when in times of high volatility i'll just be looking at like recent date sales versus or like recent fate and i'll try to work it out and then just use the yes, exactly. negotiation exactly you, way it's going, you just
1: flip it in a way exactly
0: but um, what else did I want to say to you there's a few things Um, we've talked about gallery, we've talked about the quality over quantity, it's something that I'm kind of doing at the minute I was saying this in a group today um, and I don't have this planned I don't know what I'm going to say so brace yourselves everyone, John's going to talk shit for a minute or two I've in this moment in my head right I was saying to you I sold Noah Lang I, I'm, and maybe he was the one player of the lot that I shouldn't have sold but I kind of had this moment where I was thinking to myself like no I sold Noah Lang for the reasons stated I'm afraid of the transfer I feel he's been underperforming um, and whatever else I think it's time do you know I think he he's a danger of a January move probably not going to happen it's probably going to be next summer but regardless I think based on his performance his price maybe I should have waited till he had formed to sell him anyway these are all the things that go through my mind it's done now I had this moment where I thought to myself like Duzan Tadic I have right amazing Stephen Burkehouse, Class, and then there's Davy class and Passphere I've got like I've got like two I've got four fifths of a decent sort of IAC stack and the issue with it is that Burkhouse and and often rotate so really what I've got is Tadic and Passphere and then the other two lads and you're kind of playing a get- game of guess who right my whole point here is like, I keep putting them in the challenger. That's done now. That's just no point. Because if I'm in challenger with Tadic as captain, if I don't have the full Ajax stack, if Tadic scores 100 and I'm in with a shout, someone else has the Ajax stack. Yeah. And they have the players that got the goals that he assisted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm not podiuming. I'm not doing it. So the only place it makes sense for me to play Tadic is probably as a lone wolf in D3 um all-star is where I'm thinking for myself, I could play them a D4 All-Star whatever. But even still, you're gonna you're gonna run into full stacks. And if I don't have the full stack, or at least a variation of such, I'm only gonna come up against the, the team that won 6-0 and they have their Timbers and their pass fears and their uh Martinez and whoever else. And I'm just gonna get dicked every time. So I'm almost kind of sick of having hard exposure to an elite team, I either want the full yeah. stack or I want none, so now I'm thinking like, maybe I should just pivot it all um, sell the likes of the Langs and the Kedelaers and the kind of Bruges guys, the vannikins the Tadiches, whatever else and just, do you know what just be done with it, because I'm I, I don't proclaim to be the biggest philosopher and like strategist and best So Five player there is, or the best thinker on the platform at all. So there's people at home probably sitting thinking, "John, you're mad. You're selling your best players." But I'm, you know, I'm just sick. I'm not winning enough with them because when I do, when they do do good, I'm running into full stacks and I'm nowhere near podiums. I'm getting like yes. a 14th place, tier two rare. Great, it's lovely. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just, I'm not going to podium with them unless I use them differently or buy the full stack. That's where my head's at. And it's maybe, what do you think? Am I talking shit or do you see what I'm kind of half saying? No, no, no.
1: that's that's kind of exactly why I targeted Champion Europe players because.
0: Do you not find the same? Jumping right
1: in, do you not find the same with Bayern stacks? Does that get you? you? you, I I do, but what I'd say on it is I I kind of foresaw that happening in Challenger, which is why I kind of stayed away from that because. And this is what what I would say to any new joiners as well when it when they are coming in and generally like your challenger players are cheaper to pick up decent bargains. I mean they're probably not now so much, but they're definitely cheaper than Champion Europe players. And for that reason, you have a lot. It's, it's a lot more competitive. And also when they keep adding like new leagues like the Turkish league, there's going to be Turkish stacks as well that you're going to be competing against. Whereas hmm. the Champion Europe model is. I mean, it could change down the line, but it's it's only ever going to be limited to five or six teams, probably. So you're limiting that pool of players immediately, and that's what I quite like about my team at the minute. Is that yes, I have I have Marquinhos, but I don't have any of the I don't have any of the big boys. So like your Kimmiches, um, your Goretzka's, your Lewandowski's. So my my main team, if whether I, I mix it up between whether I'm playing Division Two or Division or Division Three, for me to play Division Two, I have to have five of my best players fit. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'll just go down into Division Three. But I've got Leverkusen, so I've got Heredeki and Schick, so I've got both ends of the pitch covered. And then I just tend to mix it up with either Marquinhos, Alaba. Lucas Hernandez, um, Super Air, mm. and so I've got quite a good mix where you're not as at risk of the stats because all you have to do then is wait for the for Bayern or PSG to have a low-scoring week, which, mm. believe it or not, they, they do happen. And I'd say those leagues are a bit more competitive than your, your, your Ajax and your Dutch league. I won't show your thoughts on
0: that but I'd say no, I, th- I think there's there's two things that spring to mind now and, and I'm happy we're having this conversation because I think it's interesting enough um, I think when you do the difference between Champion and Challenger is that uh, exactly as you said Challenger is more affordable now they are still expensive do you know what? who's on now will set you back 1.5 1.5 if you buy one there in the market there's one on auction ends in four hours it's at 1.4 right if you well, want so to buy cheap,
1: right?
0: uh, no that's a rare so it's expensive <laughs> enough, 1. 1.4, 1. 1.5. But he's he's an incredible performer. Yeah, but let's just go and yeah. compare that to Lewandowski, who I would argue is kind of like his champion counterpart. Old elite scorer, whatever else, dominating team, yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, Lewandowski comes in at 2.4. So there's literally like a four grand difference. And that's just one player. Let's let's bring that across. Let's take that from let's call Vanekin, It's probably Moriaka, right? is probably like the Morioka. He's probably like the challenger king at the minute. Um, in I'm just right. so
1: naive to the to the challenger players. Like oh, man. The this,
0: Morioka. I was looking at him when he was like 0.2, 0.3, 0.4 after injury. I don't know. Within the last six months, maybe I'm talking under my arse, but I'm pretty sure he was at that, that sort of price at one stage and I was like this guy's an incredible player I've wanted him for so long should I buy one and I didn't to buy Morioka now cheapest on market and again God knows what sales are God knows what you'd actually get what's a fair value one went six days ago for 1.34 ETH and there's one on market for 1.575 right so I would argue that Morioka is almost like the challenger Kimmich now maybe Mm -hmm. Kimmich is a bit younger two years on him but I mean you're talking 1.5 versus 3.7 The whole reason for this spiel is that based on those differences, I mean, between just those two players and those two sort of dominating stacks, even though Mariaka and Tadjart stack, you get my point – there's like three eighths of a differential and that's just across two players instead of five. Yeah. So the chances of someone being able to afford a champion stack of like a really yeah. dominating team is so much slimmer. So what you're more likely to come up against is one or two man kind of stacks or just one man isn't even. Um, you get my point. Challenger, you're going to come up against those IX teams. You're going to come up against those really, really dominating squads. It's probably less likely, but definitely does happen in champion. Um so yeah, I don't know where I'm thinking or what I'm thinking of doing. I think I'm just kind of sick of it because I think that's what keeps happening. I think it's why I'm underperforming because all my best players, and when you look at my gallery, you're like, oh my God, this guy has amazing players. <laughs> I do, but they're all been used in kind of ways where I can never podium. I, like, I'm getting 12th, 13th, 14th regularly enough, like, once yeah. a month or so i don't even know but i'm not really getting those peak peak performances to win the big rewards and i'm just kind of sick of it so i'm kind of throwing the toys out of the pram and thinking right it's time to do something drastic let's um i don't know go balls deep into d two hundred twenty threes or something or like um i, I don't even know what i want to do i'd be interested if anyone listening has any thoughts as well because i'm wondering what to do really but,
1: um, I mean, I if I was to start again now, I'd have to seriously think about. I, I'm not. I don't regret the strategy that I went for, but I would seriously consider going for just targeting under twenty threes, just based on the fact that, um, obviously if you're in it under twenty threes, then that's that's the only reward that you can win. Then, and then pretty much all of the hype players like I've already talked about, like your chirk is. Salivas, mbappes mm-hmm. all of your big high players like Bellingham as well. If you can have a, a decent week in that and pick up one of those guys, then you've, you've pretty much paid to play the game for free for the next five years. So, however long you want, you, you've, you've already completed it. You've and completed it, mate. Yeah, completed it, mate. Yeah. No, I have to say, I went
0: very, very hard on under-23s um I do have a lot of under twenty three players, and I have a lot of decent ones. Uh, but I don't know. Um, I think I've won some of my better prizes there, but like, yeah, I don't know. I've I've got, I've got so many of them as well that just are like Doku's and Turkeys who just don't play. They're yeah, all excitement. Yeah. Joe Felix, yeah, okay, brilliant. Kulisevsky, super rare. Oh, well, that's doing great for me, isn't it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's the, like patience, well, had A bit of patience, a few
1: years. They, they know. Well, but then the
0: risk with him is, is that this happens. It's that the Coop Miners happens. Now, Coop Miners, Obeyed, is actually playing pretty well. He's got a decent all-round score there. He's playing pretty well and he's getting minutes. Um, but it's still just like he was Good. like the wow. man, and then he went. And it's like that can happen with anyone. Lucas Demetra, he's actually getting goals recently. It's great, don't get me wrong. Crap and Diada, he was the man at Bruges, and that's the big risk with these challenger. Exactly under 23 so that's why I'm thinking even like get rid of Lang and try and buy Florian Verts. and I know there's a and, exactly. and, and again
1: I mean I, I come back to it but that from from the FI knowledge or the FI background that's why I just chose to focus on Champions Europe because you're not at that risk like in the Challenger like you say you can be at Ajax you can be a Donny van der Beek at Ajax be the man and then you move to you move to Man United yeah. and you know where is there's nowhere for Kimmich, Lewandowski, Neymar. There's nowhere they can go where they're not going to be the main man. But if and, I, and the, the beauty of it is,
0: is that if they downgrade and go the other way on Fi back in the day, that was like their tombstone. But in so rare, it's like oh my god, Kimmich in. Bundesliga 2 in six years whenever it's licensed or like you know <laughs> yeah. this guy you know like Harry Kane's off to the championship it's like what Jesse yeah, you know? goes to the MLS for a
1: few seasons Messi this goes girl. to the
0: MLS Ronaldo won't be going there he'd be put in jail but <laughs> I don't know um, anyway yeah rant over but bottom line is I'm kind of starting to question the very st- structure of my gallery I've been static on it for so long <laughs> what do I'm you think about
1: International break, I think that's a real like a real niche market for people to sign. Because that—that that is what, like I say, that's where I won my global all-star. And w- one of my like pre, if I have a tick list for buying a player, I want them to be starting for the national team or close to starting for the national team. Be a, a starter for the for the club, absolutely, and and then be a a person that's regular, like dominates the ball in their team, and if you can get. You can get those three attributes, then you you're laughing when it comes to international week. Because I mean, what was it last week? Uh, like the, in, in this game week, I think it was like seventy-four percent of global all-star four cards had already completed before the game week the game week had even started. Mm. That's like twenty-five well, seventy-five percent of the entrants like did not play. Yeah. So if, you get, if you can get a full a full starting team in, in in internationals then you've got a massive advantage if you just had a
0: French stack if you had like I don't know Lloris I the keeper there at the minute probably not for long and then like I'm not going to name a France team you know what I mean but if you had a France stack there going into the last week you're you're in you're in the money um, I'm going to make a prediction out of nowhere this isn't something I do very often Kyle and it's a player I'm half tempted to pick up but he doesn't meet the under 23 prerequisite but it's someone who I think is going to start scoring through the roof and I'm just going to call it here and maybe I'm wrong and everyone go with caution because I do not claim to be any sort of clever football brain. But I think Frankie de Jong is going to be an absolute monster under Xavi. Um, I was watching a video on YouTube about a week ago, um, doing a line of a scratcher yeah. and it hit me with a perfect SEO and it was Chavi uh, talking through his tactics and how he plays and it's he literally opened the video with like, I am obsessed with possession. I'm anxious when the other team has the ball. I don't want to be anxious, so I want to have the ball. I I, I I like. am hell-bent on possession and retaining possession, but not pointless possession. I want to progress the ball when I attack. And it was actually a really interesting video. But I was just thinking, like, he's coming in after Coman, And I know Barcelona have been known for tiki-taka for so long, but some people do it better than others. And I just think anyone at the base of that midfield in Barcelona now is just going to... It, they're going to become a Parejo player where they just spread
1: the ball everywhere all the time. Um, Managed to get you, your Parejo, shouting. Is, is that what every podcast? Does?
0: Every <laughs> podcast. It's kind of like a, it's like a rule here. Um, <laughs> I was going to do like, so for December, um, I'm thinking of doing the old swear pot again, where like every time I say a bad word in December, I'll give a fiver to charity or something, but maybe it should be a Pare- Parejo pot instead. <laughs> Probably make more. Um, but yeah, I think that's actually... And that's something I don't really do in this podcast. Maybe we should do more of. We don't really talk strategy. We don't really talk actual teams and changes. But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that kind of change in management at Barcelona? Because for such a powerhouse of European football for so long, I feel over the last... Since they've been licensed, they're not a team I really look at for SO5. And maybe I should. I know Depay. I think he does all right. But like, I'm going to look them up here.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think you, your Frankie Young Charles is a is a brilliant chat actually. Um, a bit. I think we should both probably buy him before this goes out. <laughs> I mean, you'd oh, say Busquets, but he's due for retirement, like isn't he? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, have you seen pictures of Busquets? He's, he's getting skinnier and skinnier by the minute. Is he? I saw him with like his his, his top off after the game, and he's, he's literally like a skeleton, so Just Looked shrinking. About, like one percent body fat. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I don't know, he's, yeah, he's um, like 33, so I don't know, I just think like Frankie de Jong there is probably a bit more Neil, did not he? A few DMPs I, recently.
1: I, I quite like I've I seem to have an, an obsession with left-backs on am so I'm not I'm not sure why that's happened in my gallery, but I have a lot of left-backs. Um, mm. How old's Jordi Alba? He's not that old, is he? he uh, 32. Oh, is it 32? Maybe Pedri's the guy. Well... Well, yeah, I mean... Pedri well, is the guy, isn't he? He played play, one of the most games, well, the most games in the world, other than Harry Maguire last year, I think. I think Harry Maguire played the most games in the world and then Pedri was certainly in the
0: top three. I tell you what, there was a Pedri sold in the last three days for just under one eighth. I just sold Noah Lang for 0.77 and that tells you exactly why I sold Noah Lang.
1: Yeah, no, I, well, I get that. There's, there's so many like decent players in the Challenger that have moved on yeah. to the French league and have struggled. So I, I, I understand cashing it as well. I'm just trying to do that as well. With my gallery just trying cashing up players like every now and then. If I'm stacked in a, in a certain position, I'm not using them. If they're not like a Ryan, you know, a, a type player, then I'm I'm moving them on.
0: I really rate Sergino Dest actually. I'm just looking Mm -hmm. there at Barcelona. I do. I like them. And I think it's great having that um, USA, USMNT exposure. I think the World Cup coming. I think if, do you know what I found out, Cal, just before this show, hello to our, I don't know, like 200 US listeners. There's like, (laughs) <laughs> most of people listening in the US, most of them are in California. So, hello, which is so weird because any podcast I've done before is like 99% UK and 100% male. But this is a little bit more diverse, which is nice. Um, but yeah, Serginho Desta, like, and I'm actually amazed that Depay scores. I got rid of him on the transfer news from Leon.
1: Yeah. Well, it it's it's all the set pieces, doesn't it? He it has yeah. definitely come on since his time. Um, United, like he's brilliant at Lyon, and he has—he does seem to have stepped up to the, to the Barcelona the, mantle as well.
0: I sold him before Messi was confirmed to leave. I thought he'd go there and get no set pieces. You know, I thought he'd go there and just be Messi's kind of maybe second fiddle type thing. um But anyway, there's a little FC Barcelona.
1: The, the other thing with Dest as well is obviously Daniel Alves has just gone back. So,
0: oh yeah, that's actually a good shout.
1: Maybe the long uh, time, so. I seen the meme
0: of like, it's Xavi sitting there on the phone and it's like, um, it's like, we're getting the band back together. You yes. in or something, Do you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's so funny. Like who'll be next. But um, like, you could imagine that Messi wants nothing more than just to be back there. Yeah. Like he's yeah. off PSG now against his will. Yes. They're doing all right. And like now his mate's back. <laughs> you know, manage Barcelona, he must be having a nightmare. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, Two things to talk about, then we'll do some questions. First one is, I, I don't have too much to say on it, but uh, maybe there actually is something we could talk about on it, is that 15 Super League clubs have landed. So, oh, geez, part of me for the crack wants to try and say them. um, But basically, the 15 new Turkish clubs, a lot of spores, some l- um, Yeah, I haven't heard of... Fifteen of them, <laughs> maybe like thirteen <laughs> or fourteen of them.
1: But um, like so, who, who was on before? So, was was Gallic? had the Fenerbahce. They both on it. Before?
0: Yeah, they they had like the big ones. So let yeah. me see. Um, go to Super League. Let me let me see if we look at the table, they probably had the top five. Traps on Spore. I think they would have had them, or maybe not. Traps
1: on Spore. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, yeah, yeah, I think they did because um, that was yeah. the um, Besiktas,
0: Fenerbahce, mm-hmm. Galatasaray. They had, and who was the fifth one? Oh, I don't know who the fifth one was. There's no one there jumping out. as like a Besiktas. um, Basakesher whatever (laughs) it's like
1: or something
0: like that I'm guessing they were the five they had look bottom line is it's always great to get more teams licensed it means there's more prizes for the prize pool it's a whole other sort of country of football that we can fall in love with and research and find the new sort of cheat codes for which i'm sure people already have so that's the positive side and that's great but again it brings into question that whole the whole challenger a bit the whole how many teams can you have in one region like that's how many full leagues of players and now if there's more rewards and loads of people win rewards great but it kind of i don't really know how i feel about it like when does it get to tipping point is it something that keeps you up at night or something you care for
1: well, no, again, um, I, th- I think eventually they'll end up restructuring how the leagues or divisions are, are divided up. This, they'll probably drop it into, uh, the way I see it going is there'll be three tiers of leagues, so they'll, they'll probably keep it as champion, have challengers or league, and then probably have like a conference league or something like that, a bit like the, um, yeah. the Europa Conference League or whatever it's called. I think that the more leagues they're on board, the eventually has to get to the point where they do do something like that because otherwise the the challenge will just get ridiculous. Um, But yeah, it's not something that keeps me up so much because, like I said, champion Europe is where my gallery is focused, and that is restricted at the minute. And I can only see them potentially adding the Portuguese league, bumping that up into being the sixth. The sixth league and the champion, yeah, and champion
0: Europe. Mm. I don't know how they proceed with it all. um I don't really have any, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't have any like data here. I don't really have any major like intelligent thoughts around that. The conversation, but no. what we do know is that there's. No shit tons of teams and albeit there will be more rewards but there can still only be one po- one podium in any given game week yeah. for all those cards and all those entries and all those players so that's the, the, the kind of converse but um, yeah look I think the positive is it's another team fully licensed which is great another league fully licensed
1: it's, a, um, it's an opportunity as well for um, anyone who is starting who wants an in they do a bit of research on that, then that that's potential where they can they can get a bit of an edge whilst whilst they're a bit unknown. And you know, if you if you're looking at just starting out and talking about rares or limiteds, if you want some cheap rares, some cheap gems, there's probably in the, in the new leagues that you'll find them.
0: I agree, and I'm just gonna do a quick. I haven't even looked. I just want to see like who are the kind of best young players over there. Just have a quick look myself. See if anyone jumps out. I have a couple of wee filters I've already put in. Um. So, outside the ones that were already licensed, there's a guy here called. Okay, so there's three players here who jumped out with my little search terms. Just for anyone listening who might care. A guy called Bunyamin Balchi, who plays for Antalya Spore Kalubu. I've literally just thrown this into so rare data. Uh, I looked for players who play lots of games, um, score an average of. 45 over their last however many games. How many games did I put that as? Last fifteen. Um and who's under the age of twenty-two. So this guy jumps out. Um and you could pick him up in limited for like not for like fifty dollars. Pick him up in rare for about six hundred. Um couple of nice peak scores there. Next one, they all meet the same criteria. Um, Umat Gunes for is that the same team? Alanya Spore Kalubu. He actually looks a bit shitter. He's got a very decent kind of base score, but doesn't really get peaks pick them up pretty cheap um, and the last one there is Caladoglu, Ferdi Cal Cab I don't even know how to say it Fenrabachi player and, Baird, uh, Major. Uh? I said you
1: pronounce it better than
0: <laughs> Kadioglu is what I go for um, some nice scores so like th- those are just a few players to jump out and I'll be honest with you considering they're under 23 considering their sort of consistent scores the prices don't look bad The prices the prices look very fair um, and that was with me doing all the research live on air, so you could definitely get digging and find some absolute gems or some nice injured players. I'm sure. So, as you said, Carl, great opportunity for people who are looking to get in, get involved. Um, I suppose one thing to check there is their season and breaks and stuff. I've no idea on that. Right, last thing before we get into questions. So rare data um, got us a little bit excited on Twitter there today, um, posting about their upcoming app so what did they say in that tweet they said after weeks of anticipation it's official welcome to release week we'll be unveiling throughout the week what we've worked on behind the scenes for the past months it all ends with a bang on friday so get ready i'm imagining that the bang is releasing the app if the bang isn't releasing the app (laughs) what's the bang gonna be um but again, disclaimer to everyone listening, I don't even know if I've said this yet, we're recording this on Monday, um, very early compared to usual. I'm away to see my family for the week so I won't be about. So we're recording this like three or four days ahead of release. So you will probably know what actually happens. But it's exciting.
1: Yeah, well, I, th- I think you said you've been testing the beta version, uh, John. I've, I've obviously, uh, I'm obviously looking forward to that coming out because it's, it's a brilliant tool. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what, What's your thoughts on the on the beta version? You said you've um given them a, a few feedback points as well.
0: Yeah, look, I th- so I I basically just was cheeky a message and was like, hey, uh, yeah, any chance I could uh, see what that's all about? You know, test it out, get in on the beta type thing to tr- check it out. Um, you'll have seen me post a few screenshots over the last week or two, um, on Twitter maybe if you follow me there. And yeah, it's great. Um, so it kind of shows you all the games from the day that are on that day you can filter it by like live and upcoming games only so you don't want to see historic games games that have lined up players only um or games with gallery players so once you might have lined up are favorite games then you can go into your lineups and it literally just shows you all your lineups kind of how you would see it on the website except much more concise and at the very top it shows you exactly the rewards you're on for and It's all displayed beautifully great for screenshots for twitter <laughs> which we've we've always struggled for in the past um, then you've got the rankings So you can look into the the, the actual leagues themselves And you can s- show only unfinished lineups Which is very handy if you're up at the top And people are chasing you down um, And lastly you can go and have a look at players And just have a look at who scored well Of all your players that week um, There are a few things, bits and bobs I think like the um, I don't know if it's yet to come Or maybe it's an issue with when you're using Like a test pilot kind of version of an app Notifications aren't really a thing on Apple at the minute, but I know they want them to be something that I find a bit weird. But maybe it makes sense to a lot of people. But it's something I sent back was that so whenever you look at your actual, whenever you're looking at the actual games, is it the games? Let me check here. So when you're looking at the games, um, and the players that you have lined up, so it's kind of like this screen call. I can kind of show yeah. you. That.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it'll show you the players raw score before bonuses because that's just in the actual game and you mightn't know all the players in the game yeah. but then when you go and look at your lineups it shows the player's score with the bonus already incorporated yeah. which, once you get your head around it it's it's not a thing it's perfect yeah. but at the start when I first got the app I was kind of looking and I would see that like Nico Williams got a 94 geez <laughs> that means I must have got a hundred and something points from him because it's super and it's like oh no he actually scored a 72 that's what yeah, like the yeah. bonus applied. So that just yeah. took me a wee bit of getting used to, but that's on me. But all in all, it's really exciting. It'll take over your kind of match day experience from whatever you use be it foot mob, flash score, sofa score. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really something cool. to be excited for. No, I'm looking forward to that. It is. It's brilliant as well. And what it's very good for, I find, is like traditionally using So Rare Data, I would be there and I'd be clicking in and you'd be looking at your lineups and how all your players have done. But in this, you can so quickly just click into the game itself and see how every player is done, you know? Yeah. So you can look at, geez, why's that guy got that score? And you can click and it'll show you the breakdown. And you can very quickly, albeit oh, there's probably more efficient ways to track actually like under the radar players or players who are, have really good all round scores. But it's just nice. It's just nice. Um, particularly like if you're following, I follow a lot of Napoli games because I have like a Napoli stack I play in champion. But now when I click into that, I can also see like, oh, do you know, this guy's also doing okay. Maybe I should look at getting him instead of him. Do you know, he seems to be consistently outscoring him. Yeah. And You're more likely to maybe pick up on things like that. But um,
1: that, yeah. Of- oh, so in the individual, also oh, in the team itself. So you can see like the whole Napoli team. Um, We'll talk about, we'll talk about that
0: in a second. <laughs> um, So yeah. So like if I click in here, that's Northern Ireland versus Italy. It shows you the. Um, let me see if it'll load here. I've got a very low battery. Yeah, basically, it shows you the two teams and all the current scores. Um, so, yeah, best of luck to So Rare Data on the launch of their app and whatever's to come this week. I think everyone in the community is going to love it. What me and Cal have been laughing about for the last minute or two. Is basically that the producer of the show is a girl called Emily, who's in the background. Um, she's here every week, and she makes sure everything runs smoothly with audio, etc. But basically, she's telling us a story before we went on air that um, at this time, right two minutes ago, she was going to have to run because she has a high five schedule with Gary V. Now, it's no you know, it's no secret, 1.37 p.m. It's a Media kind of gallery media group, Gary Vaynerchuk company podcast thing. So she's working there and I think it's Hudson Yards in New York. And basically we were like, oh, high five at Gary V. All oh, right, I wonder what that is. Do you know, that must be like their wee like, you know, their wee cheesy team meeting name where like you have a five meet- minute meeting or something. No, no, literally she had to schedule a high five. Uh, she was, she needed a high five for like a TikTok thing she's doing. So his his time is scheduled to the second and... She had to schedule in recording, high five and Gary V. So, yeah, we had a bit of a chuckle at that pre-recording, Called didn't we? It's
1: a different world. It's a different world, John. <laughs> it
0: is It is. It um, is. It's funny, like, because he's such a prominent character in the NFT space. And, again, we started the the show talking about him because of, you know, him getting stuck into the is kind of what made us go a bit more balls deep. But it's just a
1: different world, isn't it? <laughs> like, being oh, that busy scheduling um, a high five with with his three assistants so yeah. if we uh, three pa's as well that's the other thing <laughs> that we, we kind of glossed over that one as well I mean, yeah, we did.
0: three pa's yeah i don't know
1: but i'll tell you what it'll just show like if
0: if he ever does come on this podcast which i've been trying to angle for some time you'll see how hard it is to tie someone like that down for for longer than 30 seconds i don't know uh so wish me luck on that but um yeah we we find that funny cal um okay so best of luck to emily and her high five um on to some questions i think so we actually got a great response cal people like you which shocked me (laughs) (laughs) so there's a lot of good questions here um and as always i will just go from the most liked to the least liked so we're starting out MDJ comes in great guest what advice would you give to a manager starting out with only 500 to to £1000 would you tell them to assemble a limited team or suggest they head straight into rares can I start in this
1: one Kyle yeah yeah absolutely
0: it's a really weird spot that I'm in because I have obviously all the tutorial videos and whatever on YouTube so I always get asked this question essentially and whatever variant of it every day from someone different like where do I go where do I start what do I do and it's funny because in many ways I'm the worst person to ask because of where my gallery's at I'm not sniffing around that part of the market I'm not looking there I'm not looking at players that are worth .04, .05, .068 I'm just not there so I'm not really following what the kind of the going rate for an ETH grinding team is I don't have a clue and people are always asking me what would you do the advice I always give is aim as high as you can like responsibly like I just think it's it makes much more sense in the current setup. Like if you can come in at rare, you'll I think one I think these, these divisions are going to change at some stage where there's the kind of limited high like the limited hybrid with rare division thing. And I think we're going to have people have heard what I think we're going to have. Basically, I think we're going to have much more combinations and ways the divisions will work. And I think eventually you'll be able to win limited cards with your rare cards, akin to how you can win rare cards with your super rare cards. Um, in some way, I just think aiming higher, aiming for the most scarce cards you can from the get go, makes sense. And regardless, I think at the minute, albeit it could change tomorrow, aiming for that sort of e threshold and d four is a no brainer. I mean, like if you're hitting that every week, that's eighty quid twice a week at the minute. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that that's the kind of what I say. I always say like, if you five hundred quid, I don't know if you could maybe. ETH, I don't even know, but like it's for me, it's about like if you can afford rares, go rare if you can't it uh, sorry, last point, the other thing is, are you here to make money or are you here to have fun because limited's probably going to be more fun. But then, if you find winning cards fun, maybe rares would be more fun. And what it is, it's it's a weird one. But like, if you want to play with players who you know, you'll do that quicker and limited. But if you want to yeah. get into the kind of football manager, money ball approach, and sit there researching and finding diamonds in the dirt, you can do that in rare all day. So that that's a big spiel. But I always kind of struggle to answer that question, and I get asked that every day.
1: Uh, well, I, th- I think that's that's great advice it's, it's kind of what I would have said as well to be honest it's, it's personal preference at the end of the day it's what it's what you want to get out of it so if I, I don't think you can go wrong I think your advice is saying go for quality is good or go aim as high as you can is good um, but what I would say it is if you're if you're the type of guy that likes you know, like a football manager likes like researching plays and is a bit of a football nerd and absolutely, is that there's definitely an edge to be gained in buying and flipping rares, underperforming players, injured players, um, and also just grinding out that ETH, um, yeah week on week. If you want to be regularly trading the, the big players um, or and and competing with those players as well, then I, I'd, I'd advise going for the limited, but go for the quality limited players. So it's almost like. Well, I said a budget of five to a thousand pounds. I think if I was starting now, it'd be difficult for me to say. I think I'd probably start off unlimited, limited, to be honest, because I'd want to be trading the players that I know. And ultimately, every player has its own is, is its own market as well. So, like you can just track the price of one player, and you could regularly regularly play and flip with that player, whether he's a limited or rare. And so, if you want to be, how you know, if you want if you want to know, quite a large gallery I'd, I'd almost be advising down the limited route now the caveat to that is you then missing out on the in the grinding the Eve team as well mm. but also um, the the price of the limited that is probably still a bit high at the minute now again I've not been tracking that so I've heard I've seen on Twitter that it, that it has fallen a little bit but I've not really been tracking it myself um, mm. so Limited started off, for me, very inflated and they were always going to come down. And I think as more and more limited do come out, supply and demand would suggest that you would expect the price to still come down a little bit more because you would expect that supply is going to outstrip demand in the short term. And then depending on what so I do in terms of onboarding, you might find that the limiteds are a bit of a gold mine at the minute, so there's there's lots of things to consider. But I think if I had to choose one, I would personally I would go for a limited team now for starting now on a budget of a thousand pounds. Because
0: because I'd go rare, I would I I would come in for rare and I would go go grind eighth and hope that one day I can trickle down or I can win rewards in the the short to medium term that can buy the limiteds. I just think it'd be easier to go down than go up, but. You well, can yeah, because I, I think there's.
1: Are right. You are right. Sorry to butt in, but I said that no. the crucial thing is that Sora kind of do need to clarify is how long is the yeah. delay on the on the progress bar.
0: Yeah, because there will be people coming in and they will be buying their cards to grind Smith, to and then will sort of come out next week and be like, "Progress bar drops next Friday," and then I'll be like, everyone mm-hmm. and their auntie will be racing to sell these forty-five to." 40 45 averagers no I mean it's, you know? that, that, I think
1: just on that as well that's not necessarily, not necessarily the case because I would expect whatever the progress is, progress yeah. bar is going to be like, so like, to them. Product, they're not stupid they're not just going to alienate a massive part of the market and a, yeah. a massive proportion of the cards available I do think whatever the progress bar is going to be it's going to be good for those type of rares so in that sense you could say well rares rares are better options going than than the limiteds but i also think the limiteds will be including that as well so it's striking that balance between who do you want to be playing with which games do you want to be following so for me personally i'm not interested in following challenger europe or wash your
0: dirty whore mouth (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, oh i getting up at two in the morning to watch some uh, japanese team play like it's not yeah. for me but I, I get why that appeals as well because it is interesting
0: one thing i will say just to support your kind of limited side as well though is that i think with the limiteds there's there's a lot of upside short term potentially albeit the supply is increasing but i think the demand could increase even outside the onboarding i think they're going to definitely have more utility um. Whenever this progress bar thing happens, I think that could definitely help aid their value. And I think, look, it's in so, it's it's in Sora's interest to have more games that they can be played in. So I think whatever the progress bar is will incorporate it. I also think there'll be a new division that they'll be eligible for. So I think short term, you know, there are different ways they can increase the demand for the limiteds. So maybe there is a way to play that. And the big one for me is. It depends the type of person you are. If you're a Cal who's a, a magpie and loves the champion, loves the shiny players, 100% go limited. You're going to get more enjoyment. But if you are someone who loves sort of getting getting down and dirty and, and rolling around the mud and trying to find some absolute shitter from second tier football who actually scores pretty well and so rare, then get stuck into rares and go and get some ETH, baby. That's my opinion. Um. So, yeah, what was next? Another question with some drama this week in the questions. We had some drama. I think people thought you were someone else. I think people thought your name ran with... Bobby Schmier is or something. <laughs> uh, so let's see next um, from CG. So I asked them in terms of most liked, which is great fun and it's great crack. But the issue, I, what I'm scared of is if I ever have like a footballer on the podcast, which is in the ambitions for down the line and someone asks something ridiculous and it gets loads of likes and I have to ask it. And like, then the agent says you can't ask it, you know, I don't want to like sell out that way. But anyway, CG so rare, great guest. Looking forward to it. Question for you this week If you could recommend one account for any user to block, who would it be and why would it be Pires? <laughs> <laughs> I did see that one <laughs> just to have a laugh on it, at it laugh. but um, yeah. If anyone doesn't have a clue what we're on about, yeah, Twitter, petty drama.
1: Um, no, but, that, that one did not make me laugh to be fair. I've not really interacted with Pires too much, but um, when I won the super saliva, um, he was actually straight in there. Um, wanting to wanting to buy him so but Genesis just nipped him Um, yeah yeah, in answer to why it would be Perez well it's because he's an Arsenal fan and they all (laughs) want him to
0: done done yeah i'm gonna say you shouldn't block anyone unless they're mean to you <laughs> no i'm not i was gonna go off on a big spiel about social media but i just can't be arsed i'm afraid you know no one wants an echo chamber on the serious note of this kind of blocking people do you know those people block people who say things they don't like and then you get your own wee echo chamber and then we all think we're going to the moon and then it all dies and you wonder why and there's someone sitting shouting in the corner that you've blocked about something that you should have known or been concerned about so that's the other side of it um well, but the thing I that I'd say I mean, people, as well, like, the dickheads all the time.
1: <laughs> that I'd say is as well It's like it's, it may it does make me laugh with the whole Twitter debate because it's like one person has an opinion, the other person has an opinion. You draw the line in the sand at at one point in time, and that person's right, and then you fast forward a, a two months and they're like, "Yeah, see, I told you I was right." Fast forward <laughs> another two months and they're like, "Yeah." Yeah, it's, all good. it's just it's just ongoing and
0: it'll forever be ongoing but we'll uh, we'll go over to the account you should have blocked Perez looking forward to this I swear there's only Cal myself and a few other managers with decent gallery values that have gone for quality over quantity best approach in his opinion curious to hear your criteria or approach for making sense you already kind of touched on this at the very start of the show um, but it is interesting because I've I've kind of I don't I've I've mentioned it to people before. I remember I said it to Mortz. I said it to McBride. I think, um, when they were on the podcast about the sheer number of cards they have, relative to kind of their gallery value on so rare data. And I know it's skewed, but, um, it it is kind of this thing where like there's people who have really high gallery values with less players, and there's people who have loads of players who are different. It's they're just different approaches. But yeah, is there anything on that question?
1: Well, I just, from a time, for me, like, football index was like, all-encompassing, so it's taking up so much time. So one of, one of the criteria outside of the actual quality of the players was that I didn't want to have to manage a, a huge gallery and have to pick seven, eight teams each week across all the different divisions. That was one thing. Like, at the minute, for me, it's comfortable because I'm, I'm floating between picking either two teams a week or if I can stretch to three, then I get, I get to three. And so from that, from that point of view, it's, it doesn't take up a great deal of my time, but it's it's still enjoyable enough for me to follow all the games, follow all the players. Um, yeah, and then criteria-wise, we've kind of touched on it already in terms of like, I mean, it, you can't really do it now because the prices have inflated so much. But I joined just, a, just in time probably where you can still start to pick up some of the better players. I mean, when, when I joined... Give you a good example. When I joined, it was still realistic to say, right, okay, I'm going to target Mbappe and Kimmich. So that that was kind of my goal. It was like, right, okay, pick, pick, like build your PSG and and Bayern stacks early, and then get the goal, the jewel in the crown, which was Kimmich for me because he's just so consistent. And there was a there was an auction going. On. And at the time, I think spending like I picked up the super air Pellegrini for 700 quid for. As a kind of a relative benchmark, mm. I think Kimmich was going on on auction for about I think it was about four and a half grand, and at the, at the most I'd spent up to, up until that point was Courtois, which was a grand, and I was just like, <laughs> I just can't. Just <laughs> it's like now it would have been an un- unbelievable purchase, but um, but yeah. So my criteria was focus on the big boys, but even even now it's it's it's. Try and get a player that's starting every week and that starts for the country. That that's kind of my my main criteria. They get a bit of leeway if they're if they're under twenty-three. whether they've I got a like of time to be patient with them.
0: Do you would you I suppose you do, everyone has to in some way. Would you be hunting like relative to your gallery? Like, you know, you get an injury here, so you realise you need a midfielder, supermare for this place, da da da. Do you do much like targeting specific players these days, or are you just kind of like you've got a decent base, so now you're just kind of keeping an yeah, eye that's like, you exactly.
1: like. I mean, Pogba's fucked me over, like getting sent off and then popping his thigh or whatever he's done on international because yeah. at least when it got to the international break, I thought, all right, brilliant, I can play Pogba again and then he got injured in, in the warm-up like in training or yeah. whatever it was. He really fucked my gallery because my midfield's probably the weakest, weakest part of my gallery at the minute. I've only got, if I want to play Rares, I've only got uh, Parade, there's um, and then who else have we got? Rubbish. I've got um, Adil Ayushio. say his name. Yeah, um, you. <laughs> and then that's pretty much. I've, I've got. I've got one more rare midfielder. So yeah, the the rares have been. I've been looking at a few players at the minute. I think one of one of the the players I have been looking at is uh, Valverde at the minute. He was out of the Madrid team. I think anyone's looking at picking up a relative bargain at the minute, I'd say Valverde is a, a very good shout. He's he's almost like the Uruguayan Declan Rice, really. From a starts starts uh, starts a lot against Real Madrid. I think he's got injured, lost his spot to Modric, but that's so that's only going to be a, a temporary thing over the course of the season. So he,
0: he... sold in the last seven days for point two nine five, which seems pretty cheap.
1: Well I think he was going for a up at uh point five when he was starting for Madrid regularly. Um, so if you want to buy to hold one who's got decent um decent SO five scores as well, he he'd definitely want to look at. Looking at him, Thomas Thomas Party as well at Arsenal, he's he looks like a good a decent pickup if um if Arsenal carry on their good form. They're they're two that I've been looking at.
0: Well, there you are. You're going to have to go and get them before Friday when the pod goes out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, We'll do two more questions. Um, Oh, maybe three. We'll see. We'll try and bang them out here, Cal, unless you're tight on time. Um, You'll catch the second half of the England game, I'm sure. The next one is from Hoodwink, who's been heavily involved in Asia since he started, but he's trying to branch out into other leagues because Asia's obviously finishing, I imagine, uh, for the winter. Do you think it's best to focus on one region or try to compete across the board? Gallery is under two ETH, so it wouldn't be premium buys across the board. I think there's just one statement here screaming at me, and it's quality over quantity. I think if you could, for two ETH, put together one really solid global all-star champion, challenger, whatever you want it to be, wherever you're going to have the most fun, you just put together one really, really strong squad, because you don't want five players. You want six you want seven yeah, exactly. in case of exactly. injuries yeah. rotation fixtures and a big thing I'd be careful of is if you do go like challenger or something you don't want to be buying defensive and attacking players if you're tight on budget that are going to go against each other in weeks you don't want keepers that are going to be playing attackers um, mm-hmm. in the next 68 weeks or however long so that's kind of what jumps out at me what do you reckon?
1: Yeah I mean I, I, to be honest I'd just say uh, sit tight I mean it's, it's quite hard to be flipping out your gallery and then Buying another, you know, buying a, a whole different region of players because you're probably selling at a bit, a little bit of a loss because at uh, the, the wrong time, and then you're buying into players that are coming into peak time. And then by the time you're trying to flip back into Asia, you probably really missed the boat a little bit. So, I, I'd, I'd probably just say, like you said, John, sit kind of focus in on, on that region and pick up some bargains pick up some bargains whilst there's a bit of downtime and the market's a bit flat in that in that region. I'd kind of reverse it and go the other way. Just Yeah, you've actually you have. for myself I focused on, on one region and I am comfortable with that play and, and you kind of become a bit of a an expert in that region, especially if it's some of the lesser known ones like Asia and potentially MLS. I
0: think that's really sound advice because I know Hoodwink and I know what he's at, and he's probably too late now. I think he's already made a few signings, but like, there's the if you're here for entertainment, yes, a hundred percent, because I mean you want to entertain through the winter. But I mean, as you say, like if if you're now, if you're if, unless you've sold all the players and you've got two ETH in the bank, you're gonna. I know he has a senior and he's a few other cracking players. I mean, if he's gonna be selling those players at a suppressed price now. And I know he loves the Asian leagues, you know. I know he loves the J-League. So, like, if he's going to sell them now to jump into Europe, to have to jump back out of Europe to get into the, the J-League again whenever it's hyping up again, yeah. you're basically... Your your team isn't going to be anywhere near as good in Asia. But if you've already made the sales and made a few buys and whatever, okay, if you think you can win it, if you can win more than the the J-League players will... What am I trying to say here? If you can... Win more than you would lose, then you're gonna lose in sort of J League value. Then it makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Sense.
1: You, you back to um, what, what opportunity opportunity cost. cost. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. One or two more quick questions. One thirty-seven game, and we we'll wrap up. So the next question, based off likes, was from a good one here actually it's from F.I. Gardner our old friend having been on previous field platforms what gave you the confidence to put your money into so
1: rare I think it, a lot of a lot of football index people that have, that have come across will probably like relate and that it was filling the void really and a combination of things it, was, it wasn't so much that I was confident going into it it was more the fact it was I was so depressed. Well, not not depressed, but so down on football index that I was wanting something else, enjoyable and new to kind of get my teeth into and and like I say, fill that void really. And and yeah, we've already touched on it again. It, it was the, it was the Gary the Gary V getting involved and giving it that that provenance that kind of gave me the kick from just knocking about in the rookie league to actually say right, okay, now's the time to to jump in. And I definitely did that at the right time. I mean, when it, when it's the right time, but if I done it had eight weeks earlier, I would have had even more bargains, but I just got in there just before the boom. So it was more, it was having that push rather than being confident about putting money into a mm. new startup platform. I, don't know, I what, think, what's your thoughts on that John? Like, were you, were you confident when you were, into um when I
0: I wasn't confident enough to talk about it or be an affiliate or create videos on it when I first joined for a few months. But then once the sort of talk of the like fifty million sort of the Series A raise, whatever funding when it started happening and Gary V, who I, I'd followed and respected for a long time, started sniffing around and a few other people i seen sort of commenting on it and maybe footballers were hovering around at the time. I can't remember. It was like, oh, this is just different altogether from anything I've ever dealt with. So I'm not even going to compare it to field, these field platforms we've been on because it's not even the same thing. It's yeah. just so different. Now, I could be wrong. I could be blinkered. Things go tits up again. Disclaimers everywhere. Like, you know, do your own research. Don't listen to me. I'm some dickhead in Ireland who doesn't a clue what he's on about. I just make podcasts. <laughs> it's as simple as that. But like i just i felt completely different um and i suppose once all that sort of happened i was confident enough that okay i back this product long term if it's going to the moon i want to go with it so i'm going to make content about it i think when i started making content about it was almost when i sort of said like okay i'm, I'm happy to put my name on this in a sense yeah um I mean, i'm was-
1: probably not really at that point you like i i got a few mates involved in football index like they made been- they made a bit of money like starting off and then they kind of went off and started back making their own buys so I think one of one of my big lessons learned from that which which there was a lot of them was that I kind of I've I, I just wouldn't convince friends to get involved in, no. in any, any any kind of like crypto or, or anything going convince- so without them doing their own research and understanding themselves so like if they you know I've, I've spoken to my friends about what so is and and my gallery is doing and stuff. But that's kind of where the conversation ends for me. I just say, well, yeah. you know, this is what it is. If they then take that upon themselves to go and do a bit more research about it, then then they can go off and do it. But, yeah, I've kind of learned my lesson on that and I just kind of separate the two now from just doing my own thing.
0: As you see, I'm like, I mean, I think there's one thing. I never really told anyone to join up to Football the next because I wasn't uh, an affiliate. I did to Foodstock, though, Um i can kind of I, I kind of sleep at night over that because i think the whole time i was making that content i was the whole point was to diversify away from football index my whole point kind of was that any of these could go tits up so diversify among them all and then you're covered unfortunately yeah. they both went tits up um i mean it's no secret people know i, I made affiliate money through Footstock, of course i did um and of course it went tits up and it's a real shame um and it is a funny one like because I, I definitely wouldn't be preaching about so rare to anyone who i love any of my friends, any of my family, I wouldn't tell them to put money anywhere at all, to be honest with you, um, because I've been there, done that with Football Index and got bit. But it's kind of weird then because I'm thinking like from an affiliate standpoint, you know, I'm sitting making YouTube videos and, you know, in those videos, I'm not saying in any video, and if someone can go and find me something to contradict this, please do, I'm not saying in any video at any time, you should join So rare do you know yeah, yeah. it's more a case of oh you're thinking of joining so rare <laughs> do you know
1: yeah well, here's I how it works some, if, i think if someone's got to this point where they're on youtube listening to your podcast it is is a bit different then because they've invested their own time start doing their own research and yeah uh, you're just part them. of that research whereas i think the difference for me was like it's very much on fo- you know football and it's like you know this is this you know, you'd have your mates asking about oh, how much your they had gone up this week, and they'd see your Twitter and start asking you about it, mm. and then they, I'd be convincing them to, like, get involved, whereas with this, is it is more like, I'll explain what it is, and then if they want to go off and, like, find out, or if they would come to me and say, oh, you know, how do I get set up, then by all means I would, but I wouldn't be, like, advocating for them to, to put, like, you know, Go and buy Mbappe or like put your <laughs> house and a, um have a super. Although that that probably, probably a good bet, <laughs> 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 but don't do
0: it. Um, Something I find very funny and it's still because it's something I get every day, like, and I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast can empathize or at least a large, a large percentage. It's the whole like, you know, it's almost like, you know, the whole Harry Potter thing muggles, like people who don't know about NFTs and don't know, understand NFT technology and the ownership and why a bored ape could be worth so much or a crypto punk and it's crazy to them even like so rare like I think so rare is so much more rational and makes so much more sense than any of those sort of PFPs or whatever um, and I'm not saying I'm against them I'm actively looking to maybe buy one or two just to get involved yeah. Um. but I think like to your average layperson, it's so much easier to justify and explain a so rare card because of the utility because of the real life sort of whatever all these reasons but still if I turn around to one of my mates I'm not the type of guy who's in the pub with people who are like borderline kind of acquaintance friends and saying hey look at my so rare card but I'm talking blood brothers mates for 25 years best man at wedding type people and you're sat there and you're like mate what do you see what I'm into see this Jonathan David super rare you see that JPEG that's worth 10 grand they can't get their head around that. Yeah. Like, no, uh, no one can. No, See no, if I, I tell my dad. See if I tell my dad. It's just like, my dad's an electrician, a modest man who's earned a good living for his <laughs> life. It's like 10 grand for that fucking thing.
1: They just I, know, don't I, mean, I do the same. I'm like that to people at work. I'm like, look at, look at this, um, that Lewandowski. I was like, oh, look at this, this car, this digital j just sold for 100 grand. And they did this. <laughs> like, the, oh, my girlfriend that I sat down there so she's just like what did she say that did? like who was she's like oh yeah who has 100 grand to spend on a digital Sora card when i can't even get afford my taxi into work <laughs> it's but this I... guy called mark
0: he's from <laughs> liverpool <laughs> do you know? um but yeah it's funny so i'm thinking like what i'd love to do is like just because i find that so funny i really want to find i, I really want to see reactions of people like saying to people here you see this it's worth x like i I might do like a giveaway in the future where like you have to record you showing someone your most expensive like uh so rare card i want to see the reactions because i just think it'd be so funny i'd love to see like a proper country mum or dad in their 60s cooking a stew and someone going up being like here this is worth 14 grand (laughs) and just like flipping the lid but um Anyway. i tell you, my,
1: my, my Glaswegian mom's probably quite a good candidate for that. She's the most <laughs> person in the world. And she's got quite a good reaction her as well. So she's probably quite a good candidate. You, you could win that competition when the
0: time <laughs> comes. Uh, there was one more question I thought was very good. And I'm not going to push on time here because it is. Um, unless you do actually just need to go. Because if you do, no, no, just no, that say. Um, the, there was another one here that I wanted to ask. It's from... There's one here from Questo. There's one here from Mark The Questo one I'll ask 1st and The Mark one will take you Two seconds Okay Mark one two seconds Which Man United player Do you want to sign The most out of the current Unlicensed players You can't pick Ronaldo Or Bruno Etc Yeah I saw, I saw
1: that one it's Absolutely not a question Mason Greenwood it's going to be a Mason Greenwood start. Yeah, yeah. Surprised it's not Cavani,
0: you know, knowing you, but um, and your, yeah, your Twitter was, rants, but yeah, no,
1: still, still, um, Cavani getting get spearheaded in the attack. Um,
0: and then the last one was from Quest, though. Given you have an elite gallery, if someone came in and offered you 90% for the lot, would you accept it and trim down further 30 to 20 um at even more quality or stick with the cards you've got now? So, do you like the balance you're at, or do you still think you're some dead wood?
1: Yeah, no, I think I think I've got a good balance. Like I say, I, if anything, I'm a bit too thin in certain positions. I'm quite quite strong in, on forward. so I, I trim, trying to just like gradually build up my my ETH balance as well. So I, I just move Rodrigo, on after a few after a few games, hope, hoping it gets dropped, and then I'll I'll buy him back. What um, what I, I accept? Ninety percent of what though, because it's like well. Is it ninety percent of the right there sort of data value of your gallery or I'd say true value, just true value. Yeah. Did like, you take ninety percent of what it's actually worth? I don't I don't, I don't think I'd take ninety percent to then try and trim it down into better players. So I think I could do that anyway over time. Like a, a lot mm. of That's a lot, lot of the enjoyment. A lot a lot of my players, you can you can tend to get if you sell them at the right time like if you sell them at the right time, tend to get above the last card. Price so like you can mm-hmm. get above the market market value for that player. A lot of the time when I'm selling my cards, I, I do sell them above that, but that's through direct offers. Mm. Um, so I'd say no to ninety percent because I my, like if if I if I list my whole like I'll give you an example. I, I listed my whole gallery just to kind of see gauge interest last week, and. I probably had about four DMs for Marquinhos, um three messages for like Cherky. Um really decent offers for like the Supreme Schick, Supreme Herodeki, like decent, decent money that would have blown my mind when it first started. Um so no, I think it is I think with it being a quality gallery, I'd say I'd say no, I wouldn't accept 90% because I think the liquidity is there for those type of players.
0: And that's confidence right there. Um, so, Cal, look, it's been a pleasure. Every week we wrap up with the 137 game. So last week, um, our guest Nifty O picked Lewandowski and Hurideki and actually came out with a really good score. I loved his strategy. He basically went for a 100 score and then tried to find like a 37, like a goalkeeper who didn't keep a clean sheet. He scored 147, so he was only 10 points off. Um, so valiant effort but no Atebo for Niftio you can win the Atebo this week Kyle, the Atebo, the official Atebo from Atebo gate um, you know, the cultural significance can't be understated, <laughs> all you need to do is pick two players who'd combine for a score of 137 points and we're going for game week 219 which is the midweek internationals because we're recording this so early so everyone bear that in mind should
1: have actually
0: got the game, but yeah. oh, no worries. Look, you'll pick someone out in no time. Um, be interesting to see what strategy you go for, or do you go pure scatter gun?
1: I think. Well, it's, yeah, France are playing Finland because half my well, most of my team is France versus my Finnish keeper. <laughs> Harry yeah. Um, I think I'm hot. I'm hoping Lucas Hernandez starts again. I've got a feeling he might might be dropped, but I'm going to go Lucas Hernandez. Oh, ballsy. And Marquinhos.
0: Okay. They've got Argentina, don't they?
1: Yeah, but Marquinhos, don't really matter who he's playing against. He always mm, just drops in the 60-odd, so... Open for a, a France clean sheet. Luke Hernandez around the around the seventy, 70 two mark, and then Marquinhos making up the difference against Mar- uh, Argentina.
0: I love it. Well, Carl, look best of luck with that. I mean, if you get it right, you've going a table in the meal. Um, but look, it was an absolute pleasure. Genuinely lovely to catch up after so long. Is there anything you want to plug or anywhere you want to be found?
1: No, I think I think by now those who, who follow me on Twitter generally do callewis seven. But yeah, no, that's that's it. And it's a pleasure catching up with you again, John. Absolutely.
0: Well look, go and check him out. callewis seven. Um and he'd be tagged all over my, my Twitter so you can go and find him there and follow him for his uh so rare musings. But um Cal, it was a pleasure. No, you too, John. That's it for this week's episode I hope you enjoyed it if you haven't already please do leave a review and make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening so you'll get future episodes. Bear in mind this episode was recorded on Monday and released on Friday so there might be some exciting stuff that happened in the meantime but don't worry we'll talk about it all next week with another exciting guest. Have a great week and good luck on so rare.